Ayo, it's your boy. That first sip of whiskey, baby. All right, uh, boys, Don Wands are back for episode eight. Uh, I think the last time we did a pod was 2014, so I'm glad that we're actually getting back in the game here. Uh, today, we're going to be going over some hot takes slash plant your flags for 2020. Uh, and if we have time, we're going to be going over our teams, our official NFL teams outlooks for the year. Um, so that being said, I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by John yep. and Tim. Hello. What's going on, boys? Uh, <laughs> I think we can go ahead and get right into it. Let's go ahead and we'll go in order by position. If you don't have somebody for position as a plant your flag player, that's fine. Just let us know. Um, so let's start with QB. Does anybody well, want to go first? Question. What's like? What's the difference between plant your flag and hot take? It's the same thing. It's just like who who's your guy slash like hot take seems like a extreme, I guess. But I guess a hot take would be like a player that's going to outperform their average draft position, or you think is going to do a lot better than most people think. I guess it's the same thing. All right, yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, you, you can start. All right. Um. So looking at quarterback, my hot take slash plant your flag for the year is. <clears throat> I think Matthew Stafford is going to end as a top eight quarterback. Um, if you kind of look at what Matthew Stafford was doing last year when he was healthy, he actually was averaging um, a pretty crazy amount of points per game. I think he was averaging uh, per ESPN <clears throat> 21.8 points per game when he was healthy last year. Um, and that is third best in the league. And it is only 0.1 points worse than Dak Prescott. It was actually 0.1 points better than Patrick Mahomes for his full season. So I think if you look at Stafford, his team is a lot better around him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson has now had another year in his system. Um, and I think that the addition of DeAndre Swift, who is a legitimate pass catching back, whereas I, I really just don't find carry on to be that, nor was carry on healthy last year, is going to make a big difference. Um, in addition to that, I'm pretty sure that that line was rated by Pro Football Focus as ninth best last year. So he has a solid line around him. He's got Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson, and then he can dump off to DeAndre Swift. And, you know, to that point, I'm pretty sure that a couple of years ago, Stafford made Theo Riddick relevant as a PPR dump off running back. So he likes to actually dump off to his running backs. I think it's going to just be additional points for him. Um, And I'm definitely high on him this year. So I would say, you know, in that QB 8 to 12 range, maybe at the high end, like QB 8. But don't sleep on Stafford this year. That's that's my guy I kind of like a lot this year. Um, With that being said, do you guys have thoughts around Stafford, uh, rebuttals, counters, or anything like that? Do you agree, disagree? No, I agree. And, I mean, that kind of cuts into who my uh, plant your flag guy is for wide receiver. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I agree. I can't, I, I can't wait to see which receiver that is. Tim, what about you? Uh, I completely agree. Um, I think I was telling you guys the other day in Mike's league, I really wanted to buy Stafford. Has him is also competing for a championship. I think he's the perfect kind of not buy low because it's uh, what you're it's coming in a little like choppy. He's so underrated that I don't know. Yeah, you, Tim, you're, 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 you're cutting in and out. Sport. Yeah, if it comes on, it's fine. No, it's not fine. But basically, he's, <laughs> I he's hear so underrated word. that everyone knows. Tim, yeah, yeah, Tim you're going to need to start over. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll cut it together. Um, but, Tim, we can't hear anything you're saying. Fine. 
Um, either, AirPods, you fuck. either, yeah, maybe either unplug your, maybe use your speakerphone. I can't believe that would be better. Or fix your fucking headphones. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> Get some AirPods, dude. We know you got the money. I have AirPods. <laughs> well, put them in your ears. They are. <laughs> All right, Tim, just just start over with Stafford. You're coming in clear now. Maybe it's because you're only saying one word at a time. Yeah, talk slow. Basically, Stafford is so underrated that everyone kind of, you know, is seeing this coming. It's if, if that makes sense. It's like everyone thinks he's the perfect buy low candidate. Oh, yeah. Well, because he was hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Which... But again, he finished so strong. Well, he started so strong. Also, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Stafford isn't as old as people think. I want to say he's 20 or he's 32. Let me see. Yeah, I think he's 32 or 33. But people 32. think he's like 40. Yeah. Yeah, for, for relevance, I think people are higher on like somebody as, as though Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's three years older than him. So, but kind of sneaky. When did uh, – because he had kind of a similar injury to Tony Romo, right? Stafford, like with the back. Yeah. I think it was his back. Yeah. I think it was his back. When, because when did Roma? How, how old was Roma when he had to retire? I think he was thirty four. I thought he was like thirty four. Yeah, because shit like stuff with the back and the neck is just it doesn't go away. Yeah, it's going to be a pain management thing for him. Um, and to answer your question, Romo retired in two thousand sixteen, but he was age thirty six, so he was four years older than Stafford. Oh, okay. All right. But to your point, I, I would get that. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Stafford before we go on to your guys' players for nope, QB? I, I agree with you. All right, who wants to go next? Mm-hmm. I'll go. Mine was – I mean, it's pretty simple because I had about three seconds to come up with this because Mike changed the game plan about seven times. But um, I'm just going to go with Dak Prescott yep. finishing number one QB overall. And uh, I think that because obviously they drafted CeeDee Lamb. They already have Amari Cooper. They have Michael Gallup, who is either going to be the number two or number three receiver. And he pretty much outperformed Amari Cooper last year. They have Zeke, and they also have Tony Pollard, who could work in the slot. And and Prescott can also run. Um, so I just – I mean, you think of guys like like Lamar finished last year number one, and he, he mostly ran the ball. And Prescott can do that, but he's also – I think he's – I think Amari Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb could have a thousand yards easily this year. So, so you, so you're thinking that Prescott? I mean, if we're going to extrapolate this right, because Lamar got 400 plus points, uh, 420. Um, no, I mean, I'm got, not saying he's going to run as much. Right, I'm right, saying, right. But I'm saying you think he's going to have 5,000 yards basically in 40 touchdowns. That's the kind of season he would need to basically get what Lamar had. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I'm saying he could also, like, he could rush for 500 yards and five touchdowns just as easily too because they can't stack the box against them anymore yeah he had he had 277 rush yards last year with three tds and he actually almost hit 5,000 passing he had 4,900 so really what you're saying is his tds will go from 30 to higher because he was actually the second highest scoring quarterback last year he was behind Lamar but that being said it was a 70 point difference so I guess in some ways I kind of buy what you're saying that it's a hot take yeah, I mean, you, you have Lamar, you have Mahomes, you also have Kyler Murray and stuff. But, I mean, think about he had – they upgraded – they have CeeDee Land now. And before their tight end was Witten, who couldn't do shit. Now it's Blake Jarwin, who's actually athletic. And they can't stack the box. So they're going to – Zeke's going to have a good year too. But they also do that read option stuff so well that 
I could easily see Dak also rushing for 500 yards. Yeah, I was just going to say simply, yeah, he finished, top what, two. top five QB and his – yeah, top two. And wow. his offense improved. So, that's – Yeah, yeah so I, I buy what you're saying. Up. I guess my that's, issue – my issue is he's just question. like – He's so expensive right now, right? Like, in, in some ways, the, the like, who would you buy goes back to, like, where's oh, the yeah, value on it? And it's, it's just tough because I think – so, even in redraft, I think he's being drafted as the third quarterback right now behind Lamar and Mahomes. But to your point, yeah, totally reasonable that he could yeah, be number I, one. Yeah, I thought this was just plant your flag. I thought the outperform their ADP was uh, hot takes or whatever. Yeah, and you're I right. Oh, man. No, no, in the realm of the rule, you're correct. Like, he, yeah, just he switched the game plan up like seven times. I just said to add a quarterback just, if you didn't have one. I'm just trying to keep up with you, Mike, right? Uh, that's, that's, I clearly wasn't very prepared for this either, so completely fine. Um, but yeah, to your point, like, I agree. Honestly, the, the Cowboys, if someone was asking who had the best offseason, Cowboys arguably Cowboys. their their draft was really strong. I loved the Ravens offseason, but the Cowboys had a really really strong draft. Um, so okay, to your point, like also, I can see it. Yeah, um, and going back on, I mean, obviously I wouldn't buy him right now, but if you were going for one of the top tier quarterbacks like Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, Prescott, Prescott would probably be the cheapest out of all of those guys. Yep, I would agree so, with that. What do you if think you're doing that? Yeah. What do you think? So to Push it a little bit further. What do you think? Uh, two QB league. I'll I'll give you a hypothetical. All right, your quarterbacks are Matt Ryan um, and Tom. Let's say Tom Brady, right? So you need to get younger at the position. You know, Tom Brady is towards the end. What would you be willing to pay for Prescott? Do you think he would be worth two firsts plus, like plus one of those quarterbacks? Um, maybe one of those quarterbacks, like maybe another small piece, like, I mean, maybe a running back, I guess it depends on the team comp, but like in terms it, yeah, of, picks, it depends on the, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would say, cause I'm assuming the other person's going to need a quarterback in return if it's a two QB league. So I would say Brady or Matt Ryan and two first. And then, like you said, you'd probably mm-hmm. have to give some small upside guy on the side too. Yeah. Quarterbacks are just so hard to. Um, they're so hard to replace, and when they're that good, it would be. I'd be curious to see if you can make somebody move off of it. It would depend on that, team comp. Maybe if it was a rebuilding team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all depends on that kind of stuff. But Tim, what about you? What would you pay? Three dollars. Um, I don't know. I, I I definitely think at at the very least two first round picks plus again a, another solid quarterback like you said, Matt Ryan. My whole thing is he hasn't signed no, his contract yet, right? No, he's he not, he hasn't signed anywhere. an extension. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Here, here's one. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I, I think, I think, real quick. I don't I say, if your that's... quarterbacks are Matt Ryan and Brady, I don't yeah. know if you have a shot. I think you'd need maybe someone, like someone even who's like thirty or something, like someone who still has another five mm-hmm. quality years left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, why would you trade Dak for a forty-year-old quarterback? So especially here, if you're rebuilding here, here's an interesting one. Okay. Let's pretend. So we all know how much uh, conversation there has been around um, 
basically Trevor Lawrence, right? Let's pretend you had one, one going into next year. I think it's a safe assumption into QB league. Lawrence is probably a top two or three pick. He's probably number one. I mean, he's the most hyped prospect since essentially luck. Um, If you had pick one, one, um, and let's say you were a middle of the road team, would you, how many, how much on top of pick one, one would you add? Would you add another first still, or would it have to be like two mid firsts? Uh, I mean, I'd definitely add a mid first to one, one, but that's tough. Right. That's hard. But if you're, but if you're a middle of the road team, you might not want to wait. Like Prescott might put you over the top for this year. Exactly. Yeah. The number one or number two QB and, and can plus, go a long Lawrence way. might be really good, but he might take a couple years to get there. Trying, like, he might not come in and take and all of a sudden be at the same level as Prescott. You know what I mean? I'm almost thinking in this year's terms. Like, would I give Jerry Judy and Joe Burrow for Prescott? Like, in a vacuum, I think Ooh. you know that's my favorite saying. Uh, yep. It, it, I, You're I very think, expensive vacuum. <laughs> I think I think it's worth that. I don't know if I would – I don't know if I personally give it. I guess I've also been less high on Prescott, but I don't want to take too long on this topic. I think this is really interesting. But Prescott's definitely going to be somebody to watch because I'm curious if he can break the Mahomes-Lamar tier because I think he's like the first guy with Russell Wilson and Deshaun and maybe Kyler in the tier afterwards. But he he's very interesting to me. Yeah. I just wanted to add really quick. I think that if you could buy him just somehow, I think it's a hundred percent worth it. He's 27. All the other pieces on the offense are also young, solid O-line. Everyone's locked up. It's, it's I think I would want to like sign first. Yeah. Except yeah. for him. <laughs> I mean, and like I said, I think the main thing is out of Mahomes, Kyler and Lamar, he's probably the cheapest. Not that he's going to be cheap, but. He, you're right. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. He's got to be the chief. I mean, I, I really do think Mahomes, Lamar, in their own tier. Lamar just because of his pure rushing. Mahomes because he's basically prime Breeze slash Rogers. So like, you have to think about it that way from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. let's go to Tim. Okay, so my QB hot take slash plant my flag is that Gardner Minshew is going to play so well that the Jaguars will not even consider taking a quarterback in the next draft. And one of my points uh, that I wanted to make was they've already moved on from Foles. They gave him a massive contract, and then they just said, no, we're going to go with this rookie. And he was so statistically sound. His, uh, his yards per attempt, it was right there with Stafford, who you know has a huge arm. He could take deep shots. It's a 7.0 yards per attempt versus Stafford 7.2. Very comparable. And just think about it this way. If you have a quarterback who, as a rookie, had a 54% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, and 18 interceptions, would you say that was a yeah, good year? Yeah, it was a good year. And he only had six picks on the year. So, like, his decision-making was strong. I was – what I was going to say was the stats that I just said, that was for Andrew Luck, who everyone considers a generational talent. And Minshew, in two less games – had the 21 touchdowns to Andrew Luck's 23. He had a 60% completion percentage to Luck's 54, and he only had six picks. So I'm just saying it's like if it came from another quarterback, everyone would be all over this guy. But because he's a sixth-round pick or fifth-round pick, whatever he was, I feel like not enough it's people It's not even that. I think it's because he's on the Jags. Yeah, the organization. Like, I, I just don't – I just – who the hell knows what they're going to do. He can play in this That's league. That's the only – He can definitely play absolutely. in this league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tim, where 
to, let's put some numbers around this. Is he a top 15 quarterback? I think he can be. If they give him any sort of remote help, like, yeah, they just, you know, let Fournette go. I think if they go running back or offensive line in this draft, make him, you know, stop running around for his life a little bit, you know, less, I think they have a solid shot because their wide receiver core, they just got Chenault, they have Chark, and Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook aren't exactly slouches either. They're very talented. And I think that they could have some. I agree to work with, with you, but my only thing, I feel like this is his year to prove it, like whether or not they're going to go for Lawrence or whatever, keep him. And they're getting rid of everyone and kind of just setting him up to fail. Yeah, so they, like it's they sold like Shark. Like with the Dolphins. They have Chanel. Yeah, but I mean – I mean, they do they they don't have a defense anymore. They have no running game, so everyone knows he's throwing. Like they're not exactly helping him out. And then I feel like if he plays bad, they're going to get rid of him. It's a weird it's a weird situation for sure because you're right. They're I mean they don't have Tunsil anymore, right? Or nah, that was Miami, wasn't it? They their tackle situation is mm. not great though. They're definitely not a strong line. Um, it's reasonable. I don't think it's awful, but it's not. No, you know, but incredible. I mean, it's also they don't have a run game, and he's a young quarterback. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying so, to like, think. He's gonna make mistakes. Let me let me put it to you this way, right? So, in our yeah. league, for reference to people listening, um, Jared Goff was bought by uh, a team for a second, right? So it's a two QB league, and our league is weird about quarterbacks. I think that they really undervalue mid tier guys, and they really overvalue high tier guys. Um, so you could debate golf is yeah. maybe worth more, uh, even if you're not a big golf guy. I think in most leagues, people would say golf's worth the first because he's kind of like a 14 to 18 quarterback, right? So I think you'd say Minshew's in his range. Would you pay more than an early second for Minshew? No. I think early second tops. Just because of, again, like I personally think he's valued at a first, but with you know, how everyone else is, I, I think a mid or a, excuse me, a high second would actually be able to nab him. Like I know the guy who has him in our league, if you offered a high second for him, I think he'd take, I would agree with you. I, I would, I agree too. My only thing is I don't think I could give more just on the chance that he's just no longer relevant after this year. Yeah. I think he, I think mm-hmm. he outperforms his ADP. I think he is worth a decent amount, but he could get rosened pretty easily. Um, and that's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not paying for that. So to your point, I think that's a good call, Tim, but I, I think I'm staying away just from that standpoint. Uh, John, do, do you have any other thoughts on it before we go to your guy? No, I already did my guy. We switching positions. Yeah. You, you can start for running back. All right. So I had two of them. One of them kind of got derailed in the last whatever two years that we did our last podcast um my first one was gonna be ronald jones but as you all probably know he's kind of screwed now um but so i'll do james connor and i think james connor is gonna win comeback player of the year i think he's gonna be everyone's focused on uh juju's gonna come back and be so good oh big ben's gonna throw for five thousand yards and no one's saying anything about connor and I mean, I know he was injured a lot last year, but it was a shoulder injury, and he just tried to rush back, so that doesn't help. And he's had the whole offseason to fix that. So as long as he can stay healthy, I think – I mean, he's got the starting job, and I just think people are undervaluing him a lot. 
and I could easily see him repeating what he did in 2018. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out where his projections put him at for reference. So yeah, I I was gonna have that stuff on my computer, but if I open up another thing on Wi-Fi, no, I'll get kicked out. You're again, so. you're fine. I can I can <laughs> reference it. So so his his technical slotting for ESPN for the year is 34. I definitely think he outperforms yeah. that. Um, I knew it was low. Running back is so deep. I I don't know if he's like a dynasty top 20 running back just because we missed no, him. No no no. Or I don't I don't in. think he's a. I mean, just because it's his contract year, and I doubt they resign him, but. I mean, I know they drafted whoever McFarlane. They have Benny Snell. They have a couple other guys, but the Steelers aren't really a running back by committee type team. Like as long Agreed. as Connor's healthy, he's going to be a three down back. He's going to be out there. He's proven he can do it. Catch passes, um, mm-hmm. and also he's on a contract here. So, and I know he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. So, it's going to be a health thing. He could be a tremendous value. He really could. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I mean, last year, if you look at it, I mean, at the end of the year, I think it was, like, his angle or quad or something. But it was his shoulder. And he hurt his shoulder early on, and then he tried to rush back. And that's what screwed him. But he's had the whole offseason plus more because there's no preseason and limited practices and shit. So, like, I feel like his shoulder is one of those things that once it heals, you're better. But, like, if you rush back, you can get screwed. Yeah, he Especially should. I would agree. Back. I would agree. He should. He should be very healthy. So, with that being and said, I've heard nothing, nothing about his health in camp and stuff. So he must be fine. Agree. So I think we were talking about it a little bit today. Anyway, um, I have him in a league, and I was trying to get a first form. The guy said no. Would you, uh, if you were a competitive team, would you actually pay a first form? You think he's like a? And this is keep in mind that I think we maybe overvalue picks. Do you think he's worth basically an early second if you were buying, but you want to sell for a first? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know, I'm just not high on him. I don't know what it is about him. He, he had one very, very solid year, obviously, when Bell went out. But, again, th- there are so many players in the league that have been one-hit wonders, and they come in for an injury. And, you know, then if you pay a high pick for him, you're shit out of luck. because right. one so, Tim, I hear you. But – are you? Do you think that Juju is going to have a bounce back here? I honestly don't. Okay, because so. I was going to say, what's the difference between him and everyone else on that team just having a bad year, and then Connor's coming back and everyone's like, oh no, he's still going to suck. Like, what's the difference? The whole team played awful last year, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like to me. It, I think it would also no, be. No, you, no, you, no, go, you, you go. go. I was going to say, I think it's easier to blame someone like Mason Rudolph or uh, Devon Hodge. Hodges, I forget how his last name is, but anyway, it's easier to just point and blame the quarterback and say, oh, he couldn't get the ball to his playmakers, but then you have a running back who is banged up, and then when he was on the field, he didn't produce, or he'd play, you know, as you know, he would do the most frustrating thing in the world. He would play four snaps and say, nope, can't do it, and just get right. That's what I think. That's So I think it's easier well, yeah, I mean, to blame. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's no passing game. There's going to be no run game either. Um but I think it was just a collective bunch of things that screwed their team last year. But um, shit, what was it? What's the, what's the last thing you said? Oh, he he would he would um, play I'm her. That it's just that, that's what yeah. screwed him is if he just mm-hmm. took the extra week. I feel like and didn't try and rush back. I think he would have been fine. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping this year if he gets hurt, he just freaking sits there for two weeks instead of coming in for two plays and then calling it a day. It's just funny. This is where you can really get value in Dynasty. It's, you know, the will they, won't they, take a step forward, take a step back, and there's not that big of a sample size. So this is when if you take a risk, if you say this is your guy, this is when, you know, let's say you buy him for that first, and next year he is Le'Veon Bell 2.0. Yeah. Like, but the good way, when Le'Veon was on the Steelers. And everyone's looking at you like, oh, my God, I can't believe he got him for one first. Let me so, tell you I mean, something about next year. The running back market is going to be fascinating because there are yeah. too many startable running backs. <clears throat> There's going to be guys coming in through the draft. And it'll be really interesting to see what a team like the, you know, the Steelers are going to do. Because my thing is they have, they have enough holes, right? They don't even have really a quarterback after Roethlisberger. They have enough holes that it makes more sense to re-sign Connor if he does well and he's in the scheme than it does to go out and spend, like, a second on a guy, I feel as though. I mean, I feel like – so I think – I mean, it kind of happened to Connor, too. They Like, when they had Bell, they drafted Connor. Now they have Connor, they be- drafted Benny Snell. Like, they draft kind of like a bigger guy, and then he always seems to, like, slim down and become a player that could play all three down. So I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I think they have enough guys behind him that kind of showed they could do it when he was hurt last year. That doesn't scare you? You're not worried about that next year he doesn't find a home and he doesn't have a place where well, he's doing well? Well, that's why I'm trying to trade him. <laughs> when you so, so whoever I'm trying to trade him with, please don't listen to this podcast. So, so what you're saying is his outlook for this year is good, and then after <clears> this year it's going to absolutely free fall. No, I mean, there, I mean, there is a chance they just resign him because he seems like the type of person that would – I mean, not he's not going to ask for a big contract. So you might be right on that. But, I mean, wherever he goes, I think he's going to play. Like, I think he's talented. He's not just become going to become a no-name. But it really would depend on the situation that he goes to. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But I think he's, I think he's going to be good this year. All right. Fair, fair enough. Uh, I don't have anything else on him. I think that's a good point. I think – um, if you were a team that was contending, maybe you'd pay it a mid to early second. Um, if I'm selling, I'm not selling for less than a first because I'd rather just ride him at that point, unless I'm a rebuild, then I might consider it if that's the best offer I can take. Uh, yeah. With that being said, Tim, do you want to go ahead and go into your guy next? And I can go last on this one. Um, my next guy is a wide receiver. That's all I got. Okay, that's fair. Um, okay, with that being said, then let me go ahead and go into my RB. So, I am going to get uh, shit for this, but I did try to avoid people on my team. I think this one's going to be an, an exclusion of that, though, because I'm just I'm too high on Swift. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and I'm going to say DeAndre Swift. I've now owned him in three of my four leagues. Uh, I own him in two of my three dynasty leagues. I own him in my one-on-one redraft league. So my thing with Swift, I think, is that even though he was hurt a little bit in camp and people are worried about him starting the year kind of behind carry on, he just brings a better overall skill set than Carrion does, to be honest with you. I think I get irritated when people bring up that they're going to split touches because if you love the guy in your running back room, why are you drafting someone else? Um, you could definitely debate that Swift was the best talent for RB in the draft. Obviously, Clyde matched so well with the Chiefs that it makes sense he did go first, although Swift went second a couple of picks afterwards. Um, and I think I was bringing this up when I was talking about Stafford, but you know, Stafford made Theo Riddick a relevant PPR running back. 
he basically made him a flex play just as a PPR play. And Theo Riddick didn't have nearly the skill set that DeAndre Swift has. Um, so betting on carry-on's health being good, I, I just am not willing to do that. So I, I would say, you know, carry-on probably isn't going to be healthy all year. Even if he is healthy, I think that Swift is going to be the superior talent. He's going to show a team that basically needs to flash right now how good he can be. Um, you know, carry-on is getting the coach speak, oh, he's our week one starter, et cetera. I'm not scared by that yet. I think Swift is a buy, and I think if you can use the camp news to your advantage and go out and buy him right now, I would. Um, I would say that he's probably going to end super hot takey, I guess. He's going to end at around the RB15 range, and that would be last year 200-plus fantasy points. Um, so he'd be averaging roughly 14 or 15 points a game at that at that clip. So – I guess that's my guy, um, and that's my plant, my flag guy for running back. Do you guys have rebuttals and or thoughts around that? No. Jason Huntley's going to take his job, clearly. New Mexico State's better than Georgia. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, John, uh, that was a zero out of ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the only reason that Carrion Johnson's a starter week one is because there's been no preseason and no camp and shit. So I, I don't see it taking more than a couple games for uh, Swift to take over. And for what it's worth, Swift, actually, there were camp reports that Swift was popping off in, in practice. He just got hurt um, and he was out, which he's healthy again. and He's back now. So don't be shocked if week one um, ESPN, I, this is one of my favorite things about ESPN. They project him for like four and a half or five points. If ESPN was even slightly accurate, I would assume that they would, you know, He's going to be the guy that's in on third downs. I just don't see how he's not. He has better hands than Carrion. Carrion's not a receiving back. So, you know, four receptions and 25 yards is going to be more than five points off the bat if he gets freaking five rushes. So um, you guys can, you know, say that this is putting my money where my mouth is. I am starting him in all my leagues, my, you know, week one. Uh, it is likely to come back and bite me in the ass. But if it doesn't, I'll be back here next week talking about how that was a big brain play. So, you know, that's my thing on Swift. Hey, man. Hey, man. Back-to-back champs. You're the fantasy god. Hey, that's <laughs> – yeah, whether that was lucky or not. And then, you know, if AB didn't go back to school, I could have had a chance last year until my team completely fizzled out. <laughs> um, but that being well, said – I mean, you knew, the se- you knew the second I was buying your second, you were finishing last. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so true. It's so true. I, I tried to – All right, so <laughs> – Sorry, yeah, you're I didn't good. cut you off. Like, yeah. can I add one? No, what's your actual analysis? Okay. Uh, no, John, you go. No, no, Tim, take it away. It's clearly important. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to say that Matt Patricia clearly loves to run the ball. Uh, when Carrion was hurt last year, they were having just some ridiculous scrubs run the ball. They were giving Bo Scarborough, like, 15 carries a game. And if they are that focused on running the ball – with trash, I can't imagine what they're going to do with Swift. It, even if somehow they give a few touches to carry on, I think Swift is going to prove that he deserves more touches soon. And with how they run the ball, how often they run the ball, I think that he will get his touches and drastically improve their offense. Agreed. John, what do you have to so say? Before we move on, That's all before we move on I just wanted to say that Obviously, nothing's happened yet, but so far I am one for one on my sleepers with Antonio Gibson. 
Got to shout Tommy out again on that one because he's the one that uh, told me about him. <laughs> I mean, he but, hasn't done anything yet, so I'm not going to just give you that. Yeah, but it, it it doesn't matter. No one even knew who he was before I said it on the podcast. Oh, um, got it. So, just real quick, I'm not going to say anything else about it. Ronald Jones going to have 1,000 yards rushing, 500 receiving, and 10 total touchdowns. So, that would put him at, like – <laughs> let me let me go to the stats. Hold on a sec. I'm just trying to see like if I was extrapolating that. If I was entertaining this, which I'm really not, uh, I, I need to see what that would look like. Uh, yeah. Well, so a thousand yards, Mike. Do, do you want to know what you just projected? I am shoving my flag so far up Ronald Jones's ass right now <laughs> that he better perform. I'm gonna give you a reference point. Dalvin Cook had 1,000 rushing, 10 touchdowns, and he had 500 receiving with another touchdown. So you basically just said Ronald Jones is gonna have Dalvin Cook's year from last year. Yeah. So he's gonna oh, be. Yeah. So with Brady, Fournette there, Brady's gonna open up open up the running lanes. Boom. So basically, what is Fournette dying in a bus accident? How, how is he getting there? As long as Sam Donald's driving the bus, we're set. <laughs> okay. I I just wanted to add, uh, like, on a serious note. That was with, was that not Bruce a serious Arians, note? No, like on a very <laughs> that was very somber. So, with with what Arians does to Ronald Jones, where Jones will you know have a fifty yard run, and then the next play you know he'll have like a stupid fumble. The fumble goes out of bounds. No harm, no foul. Basically, Arians will bench him for the rest of the game. It doesn't matter if that fumble happened in the third quarter or in the first. Just he will treat Ronald Jones like shit. I can't even imagine what would happen with Leonard Fournette. I don't know anything about his work ethic, but if he makes any sort of mistake or body language or anything that Arian thinks reflects poorly, his ass is going to be right on the bench. Guess what? So Ronald Jones, it, it goes both ways. He made it's tough love. He made all his mistakes last year. He's not going to make a single one this year. Boom. I'm planting my fl- I'm planting my flag in it. No, no, Brady already likes him. Told me. Brady likes him so much that they went out and got Fournette. Yeah, it's depth. Fournette's depth. This is probably going to be my most entertaining one to follow this year. Uh, absolutely. You know what? Wait until he what's, breaks the rushing record. What's interesting is you, you didn't have to go out there and and basically say. Um, you didn't have to say, like, Rollin Jones was going to be Dalvin Cook this year. You actually could have pretty safely said Rollin Jones is going to be better than RB50, and you would have – you like, you would have won that proverbial hot take. <laughs> so you kind of, like, really reached for the stars. So this is going to be a fun one to go back and look at. <laughs> I mean, two things are going to happen. Arians is going to have a heart attack. Fournette's going to go down week one, and then Rollin Jones is the guy. Yeah, so basically <laughs> Rollin Jones only succeeds if Arians dies. No, I don't know why he hates him. I actually think he's good, but well, <laughs> what do you know? Arians is the head coach, so it doesn't matter. But it's, <laughs> it's still going to be entertaining. All right, I don't have anything else. I'm going to stop right. giving you a hard time. Um, do you guys have anything else for running backs? No. All right, let's go ahead and go to wide receivers, John. I think you're first up for wideouts. Uh, first up for wide receivers, um, I'm going to go. Marvin Jones, and that is because oh, I saw it coming. <laughs> Who would have thought? I have not said a person that's not on my team yet. Um, he, well, he's you guys know he's undervalued. Come on. I yeah, mean, sure. he, like if you look at his stats, it's like hundred. It's it's completely average. But he flirts with a thousand yards and ten touchdowns like almost every year, and he's usually hurt for a game or two. So like 
I mean, if you're by like, what's he? What's he ranked at? He's probably like wide receiver, like forty or something, or like thirty-five. Probably they're so deep. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, I mean, last year I think he had nine touchdowns and eight hundred something yards, but that was without Stafford. Yeah, Stafford's he had, back. He had seven hundred and seventy-nine yards with nine touchdowns, but he did have a four-touchdown game with eighty receiving yards. So do you want to point matter. that out? <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, now that Stafford's back. I just think he's going to well out perform his ADP. I mean, he's undervalued every year. So, so if he's wide receiver, uh, let's go back to this. If he was wide receiver forty, as his, as his, you know, ADP is his ranking, whatever. Um, you think what he's going to end as a wide receiver three? Which FYI, that would be pretty impressive because there's a lot of good wide receivers. Well, what what would like, what would that be? You mean, like, what's the difference? Like, what did he get last year versus what a wide receiver three would have been? Yeah, because I think what he missed. He missed three games. He, he, he missed a couple. I'll tell you in a sec. Hold on. It's actually But it, right it's now. probably because they didn't they didn't have a shot at anything. So, like, why bring him back? He he ended up with 162 fantasy points. Um, Let me go by total here. And that would have put him. You know what, though? Him... He scored. He scores points for me when I need him most. Sure, that's. I mean, that's great, and I'm I'm happy for you that he does that. I don't know if that's going to matter to. Uh, so yeah, he was actually kind of right around uh, wide receiver thirty. He's probably being drafted as wide receiver thirty-five to forty. To to give you reference, though, like here's the only spot where I'm going to give you credit. Uh, Tebow Samuel actually scored less, as did DK Metcalf. Metcalf is probably going significantly earlier than him and ironically Odell scored only four points more and Terry McLaurin only scored four points more so as much as I want to like eat you alive for this take I will say he had a good year and Stafford was missing for half the year so it's you know it's reasonable I'm not going out and paying more than a third but no 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 no. and you guys know I've been trying to get a second for him and it's not happening but I'm just saying like if you're missing a flex guy give somebody a third for him you know what I mean like he's gonna score you points I'm not saying I couldn't agree. Yeah, like I'm not saying give anything more than the third, even though I'm trying to get more than the third. But like he's a great, just like oh, you need an extra guy. I am a little bit surprised. Like I'm a little surprised. I think his age is hurting him. You know, this is a we can't just talk dynasty because like some of these guys, right? Like you're excited about them because as a rookie, that's a really good year. 160 points is 10 points a game, which is a rookie you're really excited about. Um, Yeah. That being said, right, if you're a win-now team, don't go out and buy DK Metcalf. Don't go out and buy Diva Samuel. Um, if you if you want to get somebody cheap, I can kind of see the merit of Marvin Jones. They scored the same last year. And obviously you think some of those guys are going to take a year to leap, but the point is Marvin Jones is going to be significantly cheaper. Yeah, and, I mean, you know what he is. Like, if, if, like I said, if you're missing one flex spot or, like, you're unsure about one of your wide receivers or something, why not? spend a third on him. He's going to get you nine, 10 points a game. And then randomly he's going to have four touchdowns and get you 30 points a game. I think that if you have like a young upside wide receiver and you know, you're pretty deep, except you're just missing that impact now flex player. You're right. That's the exact type of guy you want to go for. And I just wanted to add that, you know, you said you were trying to trade him. Everyone's valuations of him are just so strange. Like you said, he'll, you know, get how many points a game just keeping you competitive, but it's like nobody even cares at well, all. Well, I mean, that's, it's not a sexy pick. That's what it is at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. 
like in a game. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, his stats are completely average. But he is what he is. Like he's low ceiling, low floor. High floor. High floor. That's what I mean. <laughs> he's he's low ceiling. He he won't score a lot. He probably is going <laughs> to score very little. So all you want to do is go ahead and get him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yeah. that's, that's fair. I, I, I won't go into that anymore. I, at first you said that, and I was I knew you were going to talk about him. Uh, I just, you know, but at the same time, I kind of do see where you're coming from. So I'm not going to give you as much shit as I was. I, I'm not in love with it, but when T.Y. Hilton is worth a second, uh, as our league mates have indicated, and you can get Marvin Jones for a third, I'm kind of a fan. So with that being said, uh, Tim, do you want to go into your hot takes, wide receiver slash plant your flag? Um, I just have a really quick one. Uh, not really going to go too far into it. I think that Justin Jefferson is going to finish as the uh, number one rookie wide receiver for points this season. Just because he immediately steps into the number two role and Cousins is incredibly consistent. Interesting. And, you know, he has that vacant role. Like I said, he just steps right in. Who's he fighting? BC Johnson. They have a strong supporting cast. They have Herb, uh, Herb, Johnson. Herb Smith <laughs> and Kyle Rudolph eating up the middle. If Dalvin Cook ends his holdout, they have him and Madison. He's not holding out. Kirk Cousins. Fair. But still, I, I think that he's going to walk right in there and just – Justin blow, Justin blow, Jefferson blow is probably, in my opinion, the second most refined receiver in the class in terms of, like, total package. I Like, as much as I love CD, don't get me wrong, CD is good. He's going to be good out of the gate. I will say, like, Judy, to me, is the best route runner. He's the one that's going to translate his skills the quickest. Um that being said, after Judy, I kind of – I don't dislike – you know, Jefferson was, I think, my wide receiver three when we did our pre-ranked sure. eval. So, I do like Jefferson a lot. Um, so, I don't disagree with you that he could be really solid for his first year. As you know, Diggs was good. I will say that team is weird in that I don't know if they're just going to – they just are not going to throw very much, I feel like. Um, they're going to give the ball to Dalvin Cook a lot, and they're going to see what he can do. Last year, even when um, Thielen was hurt, Diggs – you know, he had a, a great year, but Diggs was not transcendent. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I think also Jefferson was on the COVID list. We're going to have to see if that impacts his development at all. Um, I think my rookie receiver to watch is going to be Judy. I think Judy's going to have a very strong year. Um, I project like 850 yards and six touchdowns as a rookie, personally. Um, that being said, John, what, what are your thoughts on Tim's little hot take here? I think I agree with you. I just don't think – I mean, from what I've been reading, they're still using that B.B. Johnson guy as the number two. And then they've also been um, – like you said, they have Rudolph and Irv Smith. They've been splitting Irv Smith out and basically making him a wide receiver because they pretty much only run two tight end sets because they're going to run the ball a lot. I just don't think there's going to be enough volume at him for him to be that great his um, rookie year. Was there – was there a camp report about who's playing out of the slot? Are they going to let Thielen play out of the slot, or do they say Jefferson will? Uh, I don't know. I just saw that the B.B. Johnson dude was, as of now, ahead of him. They're going to play a lot of two tight end sets, I have a feeling. I think it's going to hurt Jefferson a little bit. I I have <laughs> – this dude's also on my team, so you're going to make fun of me. But the only reason I say I think Pittman's going to have a good year is because – I don't think he has any competition. Like, I think Rivers is going to pump him the ball. Yeah, I I, I kind of don't disagree with you on that. Um, I don't really – Like, I, I just think he, he's, right, he's already 
like their biggest receiver, and then he's like already just right with the first. I team. think I think my three biggest receivers to watch for their rookie year is going to be Judy, uh, Rager, Lamb, and I think Jefferson will be my fourth. I think for Lamb, it's not a question of talent. We all know the whole story. Gallup is going to be ahead of him. Gallup's been getting really good camp reviews. Um, and yeah. to your point, I think Lamb is going to have a good year. I do think sometimes people discredit the veterans a little too quickly. They're like, oh, this guy's just going to win in camp and they're going to go right in. And people sometimes need to exercise a little bit of patience. So don't be shocked if Lamb – you know, 800 yards in, like, six TDs. Like, I think he'll have a comparable year to Judy. Maybe he'll have a little bit less. I think, again, Judy's my favorite rookie receiver. But um, we're going to have to see how it plays out a little bit. I would say be patient with Lamb. Be patient with Lamb. We need to see what happens in the offseason with uh, Gallup. Don't get overly excited and don't sell him because you're panicking. Um, believe in the talent on that one. I was just I was just going to say he'd be a great buy if – after this year, he really doesn't do anything. You know who's going to be a great buy after this year? I have a feeling it's T. Higgins. T. Higgins, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna really focus on trying to get him anywhere I can. I think he's going to do nothing yep. this year. I'm the same way with uh, AJ Dillon. I think that people are going to be uh, just way too antsy. Just wait. My issue, the field. I think my issue with Dillon is buy I think, quick. I think that Dylan, the the teams that have bought him probably bought him in the second or the third, and they kind of are like believers in him, right? Like, my thing is when you draft somebody in the second or third round, mentally you almost don't think they're going to do much their first or second year, and because of that, you're willing to be more patient and hold them. This is actually kind of an interesting discussion to get into. I think when people draft players in the first, they expect immediate results. And that's why I think people like T Higgins, if you take him, I guess maybe he's a second round pick, but if you take Higgins in the first or second, yeah, exactly. If you take him in the first or second and he doesn't do anything, you're like a little more devastated. And I think it actually makes a better buying opportunity. Whereas if you get a guy late second, early third, you're like, Oh, I knew he wasn't going to do anything this year. I'm not surprised and I'm not going to move him. I mean, yeah, it's the same thing with Nikhil Harry. Like, people have reached out to me. Oh, are you done with him yet? It's like, no, dude, it's been a year and he was hurt. You like, you won't get back I'm for Nikhil what I, you want, you know? No, absolutely not. Um, I had something to say about uh, – oh, you said Rager as your guy. He's my third. He's – Dude, I think second, he's, third. he's already going to – I think he's already going to miss a few weeks. Yeah, but my thing is, I, I look at that team, and it, there's been positive buzz on J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, um, and there's been, you know, Deshaun has good buzz as usual, but they don't have, like, they don't have somebody as explosive as Rager. Truthfully, I looked at Rager. Hightower. Hightower. I mean, I, I don't... He's been getting a lot of good buzz, actually. Like, he, I thought he was actually going to start over uh, J.J. Rager, Rager is going to get every opportunity to succeed, though. I think... To, to this point, right, I think we were talking about it a little bit even when we were comparing Ruggs to Rager. I kind of like Rager's all-around game a little bit better than Ruggs. I don't think Ruggs is as good of a route runner, and I think that Rager is a more physical, bigger player. Rager is very explosive, and he, he's a little bit thicker um, than what I think Ruggs' frame is, and that's not to say Ruggs can't be good. I just... Ruggs, Ruggs is going to be an interesting guy. And, you know, if I was to have another hot take, my, my guy for this would be Brian Edwards. Um, but we don't, yep. we don't have to get into it. I know we're going to be running up on time a little bit, but I do like Brian Edwards a lot this year. Yeah, I'm with you. He might be a guy, too, that uh, 
I mean, I think he'll actually perform pretty well this year because, I mean, there's no competition. And I think Ruggs is just going to open up the field. He's going to be more of the route running kind of guy. I think – But he also might be a guy you have to wait Ruggs, years. I've always said this, and it's not to say Ruggs can't be a good fantasy player. I think Ruggs is going to be a better real-life player than fantasy player because I think that teams in real life need a, a deep threat element. Um yeah, to open up to the open field. up the exactly to open up the field, but I think that Brian yeah. Edwards is the X is more enticing because Renfro already last year was getting a lot of looks, and Renfro is going to be in the slot again. But I think that they didn't have like a big body guy in that same capacity. I guess it was last year Waller, and Waller had a thousand plus it yards. Was Waller, year, yeah. So. Yep, that's what worries me a little bit about Waller. It's just I don't know. Like last year, they were just pumping the ball because who else did they have? Now if Edwards plays well. Waller might not be a top five tight end. Yeah, that's fair. I know, you know, honestly, there's a lot of guys I could have receiver. Like I said, if I had a second one, I would pick probably Edwards. Um, I, I think the issue with Edwards, just to, to say this and then we can close this loop, my issue with Edwards is I think Edwards' owners are already too high on him, and I think the hype has actually exceeded what his value is. Um, there's no way an Edwards' owner is going to sell him for less than a second at this point. Most of them bought him for a second. Um, there's too many unknowns. I think he's a piece you should be really excited about if you own. I'm not, I'm not going out and buying him unless I get a really good value. So that would be my take there. Agreed. Yep. All right. I just wanted yeah. to add really quick, uh, just really, really quick about this. It's fu- I, I just think it's hilarious that um, people are saying that Edwards is going to outproduce rugs. Obviously, I think Edwards is going to be incredibly talented. He's going to be really productive. But just the idea that, you know, a team is going to spend a first-round pick and that first-round pick is just going to be completely, you know, overshadowed by their third-round pick. It's not that. I like, just I, think Ruggs is going to be more boom or bust. Don't – so here's the thing for you, right? Don't think like that because Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, right? Like, Hayden Hurst was a first-round pick, Andrews was a third. Like, it's not about the pick because Edwards would have probably been a second-round pick. It's about what a team needs. Um, and the truth is rugs make sense going in the first round because there's not a lot of guys you can draft in the third that it, it, that does what rugs does for a team. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to score the fantasy points. So it, it's not about first versus third round. It's about PPR, right? You're a reception based league for the most part. And I think that Edwards is going to be getting more receptions. Rugs might, rugs might be sneaky. I won't lie to you. Um, they could both succeed on that team, but I would say don't discount him just because of where he was picked. Very fair. Agreed. All right. Um, boys, let's go into tight ends real quick. I think tight end is going to be a little bit quicker here. Um, from my perspective, I guess it's back to me picking first here. So tight end is a little bit complicated because I think my my true opinion is if I don't have one of the top guys, and that would be Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, um, I don't know if I'm going out and buying one. Waller. I'm, I'm not buying Waller. Um, <clears throat> Waller. Well, I'm selling him, so if you want him, you can have Yeah, him. I mean, that's because you're sniffing out what's going on, and that's that he's a risky <laughs> proposition. I think my sneaky guy is going to be Tyler Higby. Um, I, I love what Tyler Higby did oh. last year. I, Sorry, were you going to say something, John? No, keep going, keep going. Uh, Tyler Higby last year – absolutely feasted in the second half. So um, he kind of only became the starter in week 12 and on. He ended up having 20 
15, 17, 14, 18 fantasy points. So I don't know if Jared Goff discovered him. I'm not, I'm not sure what the shift was, but he had four consecutive 100-yard receiving games. Uh, and that other game, he had 80 receiving yards and a touchdown. So he sort of ate towards the end of the year, and they already signed him to an extension. I think it's, it's kind of in line that it takes tight ends a little bit longer to develop. Um, Ertz was actually a very good example of a tight end that didn't develop immediately and became a really good fantasy asset. So if I'm going out and I'm buying someone and, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to pay cheaply, maybe like a second, maybe like a, you know, tight end is weird, probably like a second, mid to late second. Tyler Higby is kind of sneaky interesting to me this year. I have, so I have two things about that. I don't think he's very sneaky. I think there's been a lot of hype around him. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if – you could still probably get him for a second just because he's a tight end, but – I just don't think he's very sneaky anymore. Um, but also, I think at the end of the year, <clears throat> they started running two tight end sets. And it was to help with blocking. I really... think it was to help with blocking, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then I think that's when Higby really took off over the Everett guy. That's fair. But I think that you also have to think, right, like there's a certain level of sneaky. So I think my idea here is who could sneak into the next tier of who, – who's the next guy that can sneak into that – good to elite tier and it's Higby and again yep, I got I got you yeah it, it's not that Higby is sneaky in a in a normal perspective it's more that there's a cliff after those first four guys and Darren and maybe Darren Waller and Engram are the next tier and maybe Hunter Henry um is close Hunter Hunter Henry and Ingram I feel like have been flirting with that and they just keep getting hurt yeah and I, exactly so that's why I kind of went a different direction um, I do think they're going to have a – it's going to be interesting to see how they run the ball, to be honest with you. They have a weird running back situation right now, so I think they're going to be throwing more than people expect. Um, so with that being said, that that's Agreed. my guy. Um, Tim, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Higby? Um, I don't know. I, I thought he was really hit or miss this year. Again, he didn't really come into his own until Everett got hurt, right? Yeah, I would say that's true. I would also say that – whatever became healthy again later in the year, it didn't matter anymore. I think Everett came back healthy and Higby was still the guy. So it's kind of, yep. it goes back to how do you want to play fantasy, right? Are you going to buy on people that have a strong second half? Are you going to um, buy low on people that had a good first half and, and dipped a little bit, right? So ironically, Cooper Cup actually didn't have a very good second half of the year, conversely to Higby. And like, the question is, do you believe that the two tight end set hurt Cup a lot from a target's perspective, or do you think that Cup's first half was an aberration? So, you know, there's something to be talked about there as well. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, he, he kind of got lucky at point. the end of the year. I think he had like five straight games with touchdowns, which saved his, his fantasy relevance. Cup, I mean. Yeah, completely. Um, what what about you guys? Do you guys have tight ends that you want to hit on? Um, I think Cole Komet is uh, someone that people are sleeping on. Obviously not this year, but I think that he would be an incredible stash pick if you could pick him up, the tight end for the Bears. The rookie tight end? Yeah, the, it, even yeah. the fact that you have to tell people that he's on the Bears, he's probably – like you could probably pick My... him up. My issue, my issue with with rookie slash super super young tight ends is it's really hard in shallow bench leagues to validate actually holding them for that long. For example, I have a two tight end league 
Um, and I, I people always take tight ends in like the mid to late first and sometimes in, in the early second because you have to start two. And then they drop them like week eight to 10. The truth is tight end is such a hard position to manipulate from the draft because they really don't instantly pop. Like even the ones that are really highly tied in prospects. And I'm thinking back to like, you know, the year that OJ Howard was really early, him and Austin Safarian Jenkins were early draft picks. They did nothing. And George Kittle is over here as a fifth round pick and he's a fiend. It's just such a hard position to predict a little bit. Completely agree. I feel like, sorry, Tim, um, I'll be quick. I feel like you kind of have to wait for something like Waller to happen where they score, like to have a couple games in a row where they score 10 points. And then you're like, okay, they might take off this year. Um, Instead of just keeping them on your bench and waiting and like, like Chris Herndon, like keeping him on your bench and every year he gets hyped up and he does nothing. Um, Which my next point is I think Hawkinson would probably be a good buy. Because, like you said, people draft him early and then he doesn't do anything and they get sick of him. Yeah. Hawkinson's going to be interesting because in my league, I think I took Hawkinson with pick 9 or 10 uh, last year. So, like, you know, you get to a certain point where you're getting into that wraparound and in that two-time league where I'm like, all right, I got to take that shot on Hawkinson. He has that really good week one. He does nothing the rest of the year, right? I need to eat that bench spot. I can't drop Hawkinson. It's too thin of a league for it. So I'm kind of in a weird position where Hawkinson is not necessarily startable yet, but I also have to eat that roster spot and also nobody would pay for him. So tight ends is just a dangerous position to take early. Um, it's also you agreed. Sorry. No, that's, that's whatever you got. That's all I had. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, you're saying holding on to the tight ends. I know I, I'm pretty sure in the league you're talking about, you have to start two yep. tight ends, but in most leagues where you have to start one, uh, it does suck when you have a position where, you know, it's not like quarterback where you're getting a ton of value. You know, your bench tight end is going to play maybe, what, two or three games, but you have to use a roster spot on that one. Like, that's the only position you can play. You're not playing that guy on your flex unless he's George Kittle. So it's hard to, you know, validate having more than one on your bench or if even one. And, uh, John, you were saying that it – no, really. Like, sometimes it's just better to stream. Like, you just pick up a guy in waivers and you just hope he does better. I, I and agree. And the rest, and you, yeah. No, yeah, you got it. I was going to say, and then, you know, you play your stud tight end and then, you know, on his bye week, you literally just drop, like, your extra defense, just whatever, you know, bench player you have, get another tight end, play him for one week, and then go right back to the other guy. Well, so that's kind of why I want to – like, if you don't have one of the top-tier tight ends, you might as well just stream, in my opinion. <clears throat> um, that's why I'm trying to get rid of Waller, because right now he, he finished three. He's worth something. But, like, even for me, it's hard to get a second-round pick for him because no one wants – like, it's very hard to sell tight ends. But the second he finishes outside the top five, he's, he's worthless. Like, I might as well just keep him at that point. So it's like, unless you have one of the top-tier guys, you're not – there's no point hanging on to him. I had to try to sell Kelsey for maybe like two or three weeks before I even got a remote bite. And Kelsey's arguably, you yeah. know, was... after Kittle at this point with age being a factor, he's definitely still like the second or he's third a... best. I mean, there's no way you can't say that. That's the thing. Yeah. He yeah. had everything. He was in a stacked offense. He had, you know, four straight thousand yard seasons. The dude's an insane receiver. And I couldn't even get people to take a second look at him. It, it was infuriating. But I also just want to say, John, you were saying that some people hold on to these tight ends 
and you just wait for them to break out. I think it might have been Mike that said that. Um, I'm not sure, but you you know you just hold, and uh, I genuinely think that's a bad idea. I completely agree that you should just try to stream, and then if you get lucky and you hit on something like a you know Kittle or Waller, like you probably snagged Waller off waivers, right? Yep. Yeah, so just it's safer to play that, honestly. Completely agree, Timmy. Completely agree. All right, probably a good spot to to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't have anything else. Um, we can maybe talk about week one reactions, and I'm thinking we have the overreaction theater after week one. Um, get into a little bit of the hype for what we think is legit and what we think is not. Um, so I'm sure we're going to be trying to do this weekly now that we actually are going to have something to talk about. And with that being said, I don't have anything else, boys. Uh, looking forward to the season and glad that football is going to be back. Yeah, agreed. I'm so hyped. Let's play some Halo. <laughs> yes, sir. It. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, peace, peace out.